This is Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Forget what you think you know about church. Good afternoon. The Week magazine often contains quirky news items collected from periodicals around the world. Back in 2005, they carried a story about a Romanian man who was recovering in the hospital after trying to escape from his wife by swinging from tree to tree on a vine like Tarzan. (laughs) Stefan Triska, a 66-year-old man of all things, had wanted to join his friends for a night of drinking, but his wife locked him in his bedroom. This did not stop Stefan. He was on a mission. He climbed through the bedroom window and grabbed a tree vine. He managed to swing to another tree. Great, only one more tree to go. Only this time he missed his mark, sending him plummeting to the earth, breaking an arm, a leg, and an ankle. All this while sober. Imagine what he might have attempted once he had had a few drinks in him. Who says that rednecks are found only in the U.S.? It was more difficult than it looked in the, movie, in the Tarzan movies, said Triska. I forgot to take into account that Tarzan was a lot younger. Well, they say there's no fool like an old fool. Our lesson today from John's Gospel is not about a vine suitable for swinging. It is about a vine that is absolutely essential for life, at least our spiritual life. Throughout Jesus' ministry, he used many parables to illustrate his teachings. His lessons were tailored to suit his audience. He didn't talk over people's heads, and he used things which were familiar to those he taught so they could understand. Vineyards were plentiful in Palestine. Visualize Jesus holding a grapevine as he says thoughtfully to the people, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be ever even more fruitful. Beautiful illustration, but what is he saying? It, it seems quite straightforward. Jesus is the vine, God is the gardener, and, and we who are Christ's followers are the branches. Our task is to bear fruit. And sometimes, according to this passage, God prunes us to make us more fruitful. Many sermons have been preached on the ways in which God prunes people. I don't know about you, but this idea has never been very attractive to me. Pruning seems like a painful process. When we prune a plant, we cut back its branches. This makes it more productive. But who wants to experience the heavenly pruning shears cutting back the dead spots in our lives? Then I noticed there is another way to interpret this passage. Bible scholars tell us that the Greek phrase for he prunes also means he cleans. This makes uh, so much more sense when we continue reading the next verse. Let me read the two verses uh, together, substituting cleans for prunes, so you'll see what I mean. Christ says, He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, He cleans so it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the words I have spoken to you. Now, by putting the two sentences together, it is obvious that this is the meaning that Christ intended. Every branch that does bear fruit, he cleans so that it will be, so it will be even more fruitful. Now, what does this mean, he cleans? Now, stay with me. This is good. Arthur Bruce Wilkinson tells about a man who approached him at a pastor's conference once on the West Coast. The man said, do you understand John 15? Not completely. Wilkinson answered, why? The man said, I own a large vineyard in Northern California, and I think I have figured it out. And Wilkinson said he offered to buy the man a cup of coffee on the spot. 
As they sat across the restaurant table from each other, the man began to talk about his life as a grower, the long hours spent walking the vineyards, tending the grapes, watching the fruit develop, waiting for the perfect day to begin the harvest. New branches have a natural tendency to trail down and grow along the ground, this vineyard owner explained. But they don't bear fruit down there. When branches grow along the ground, the leaves get coated in dust. When it rains, they get muddy and mildewed. The branch becomes sick and useless. What do you do, Wilkinson asked. Cut it off and throw it away? Oh no, the man exclaimed. This branch is much too valuable for that. We go through the vineyard and with a bucket of water, looking for those branches growing along the ground. We lift them up and wash them off. Then we wrap them around the trellis or, the, or tie them up. Pretty soon they're thriving. Hmm. This is what Jesus is talking about. He is the vine. We are the branches. But sometimes we are like those low-lying branches trailing along the ground. Our leaves are coated with dirt. When it rains, we get coated with mud and mildew. At such times, we are incapable of bearing fruit. But what does the owner of the vineyard do with us? Does he cut us off and throw us in the fire? No. We are too valuable to him for that. Instead, he tenderly washes us off and lifts us up with his gentle, nail-scarred hands and places us up higher where we can thrive again. Isn't this a magnificent picture of what Christ does in our lives? I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch that does bear fruit, he cleans so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. But how does this happen that we are cleaned and lifted up? Listen carefully. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Our task is to bear fruit. But how? We can only be what Christ has called us to be by remaining in constant fellowship with him. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. That is to say that if we quit bearing fruit, it is because we have allowed ourselves to become detached from him. Let's use a different kind of analogy, one with a more familiar, that we are more familiar with. An Anglican missionary in Africa depended on a small generator to supply current for his small church and rectory. There was no utility service in the rural area where he served. One evening, some tribesmen came to visit this missionary. They noticed an electric light hanging from his, the ceiling of his living room. They watched wide-eyed as he turned this little switch and the light went on. One of the visitors asked if he could have a bulb like the one in the light fixture. The missionary, thinking he wanted it for some sort of a trinket, gave the man one of his extra bulbs. Now, sometimes later, sometime later, the missionary stopped at the hut of the man who had asked for the bulb. <laughs> Imagine his surprise when he saw the bulb hanging in the center of the man's hut from an ordinary string. And of course, there was no light coming from the bulb. The missionary patiently explained to the man who owned the hut that one needed to have electricity and a wire to bring the current to the bulb and cause it to glow. No electricity, no light, no vine, no fruit, no Christ, no Holy Spirit, no life-giving power for the believer. We cannot bear fruit apart from him. Some of you may know the story of a Hollywood actor named Stuart Hamblin. Hamblin was one of the original singing cowboys in early motion pictures appearing in movies with uh, such household names as Gene Autry and Roy Rogers. 
However, Hamblin didn't cope well with the pressures of his high-profile career, and even though he was the son of a prominent Methodist pastor, he sought relief in alcohol. Many times, his drinking landed him in jail for public brawling and other destructive behavior until something life-changing occurred. In a 1949 Billy Graham crusade, Stuart Hamblin committed his life to Christ. Almost immediately, he was fired from a lucrative job in radio because he now refused to sing commercials for one of his sponsors, a beer company. Mm. Nevertheless, Hamblin stayed true to his new life of faith. Sometime after his conversion, Hamblin ran into actor John Wayne, who asked him about the rumor around town that he'd changed his ways. Hamblin told John Wayne that it was no secret what God had done for him and that God could do it for Wayne, too. Wayne said that sounded like a song and suggested Hamblin put it to music. Hamblin obliged, and his song became an enormous hit. Some of you remember it. It went like this. It is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. With arms wide open, he'll pardon you. It is no secret what God can do. Yes, it is no secret what God can do. But only if we are connected to Christ like a branch is connected to a vine or a light bulb is connected to a power source. Amen. In one of his many books, Bruce Wilkinson claims that most Christians fall into one of two categories. Those who have a relationship with God and those who have a responsibility to God. Those Christians who have a relationship with God look to their faith for the answers to life's questions. They don't let peer pressure dictate their morality. They worship sincerely and joyfully. They find fulfillment in serving others. On the other hand, those Christians who see their faith as only a responsibility to God approach their faith as an obligation. They attend church because, they attend church because it is the right thing to do on Sunday. They serve on a work committee or work on a mission project because they think it is expected of them. Their faith does not make a significant impact on their priorities, their relationships, or their lifestyle. That is an important distinction. Do you have a relationship with Christ? Or do you simply feel responsibility to Christ? Feeling a responsibility to Christ may bring us respectability, but it can never bring us joy. Amen. The much-respected psychiatrist Rolio May, in his book Man's Search for Himself, explained why. It's, it may sound surprising, he once wrote, when I say on the basis of my clinical practice as well as that of my psychological and psychiatric colleagues that the chief problem of people is emptiness. By that I mean not only that many people do not know what they want, they often do not have any clear idea of what they feel. When they talk about lack of autonomy or limit their inability to make decisions, it soon becomes evident that their underlying problem is that they have no definite experience of their own desires or wants. They feel swayed this way and that with painful feelings of powerlessness because they feel vacuous, empty. That is to say that there is a God-shaped void within the heart and soul of every person. Amen. We have a great need not only to acknowledge God, but to experience God. It is not enough to believe that God is out there somewhere. We must be connected to Him. That time-honored story of the boy flying the kite so high that the clouds hid it from view is most telling. 
How do you know that your kite is still there? Someone asked him. I can still feel a tug on the string, he answered. Who among us does not need to feel that tug from time to time? It is fine to say that God is out there somewhere in this cosmos, but most of us need to know that he is here, closer within our heart. We have only, we have that only, we have that only when we keep a fresh, when we keep fresh a connection with Christ. Let me say it again. We have that only when we keep fresh a connection with Christ. That, of course, is the purpose of prayer. Prayer keeps us connected to our source of life, our source of power. So many people have an immature understanding of prayer. In their mind, prayer is the way to get God to give us what we want. We want a new job, we pray for it. We want better health, we pray for it. We want our sports team to win, we pray for it. That doesn't work. Just let you know. Mature Christians understand that this is a most inadequate view of prayer. The Reverend Ken Kesselis tells a wonderful story about a boy who went to a contest for homemade racing cars sponsored by the, by the Scouts. It was one of those events where, you know, contestants are supposed to do their own work, but most of the fathers help too much. <laughs> At one such event, a youngster with no dad showed up with a racer he had obviously made with his own unskilled hands. The contest pitted boys in pairs, one against another, with the winner advancing to the next round in a series of eliminations. Somehow, this one kid's funny-looking car won again and again until, defying all odds, he was in the finals against another scout with a slick-looking, well-made racer. Before the championship race, the boy with the funny-looking homemade car asked the director to wait a moment before they began so that he could pray. The crowd, now enthralled, by the unlikely story unfolding before them, stood in silence, loving the boy and secretly praying with him that he might win. He seemed so deserving. After the boy won the race and was given a trophy, the director said, well, I guess it was a good, good thing you prayed so you could win. Oh, no, 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 the boy protested, horrified to have been misunderstood. I, I didn't pray to win. That would have been wrong. The other scout had as much right to win as I did. I couldn't pray that God would make him lose. I just prayed that God would help me keep from crying if I lost. That young boy had a better understanding of prayer than most adults. Prayer is not about asking God to fulfill our desires. Prayer exists for the purpose of nourishing our relationship with God. Prayer is about keeping the lines of communication open between ourselves and God so that we are alive to God's presence and open to God's leading. In Christ's metaphor of the grapevine, it is allowing God to give us spiritual nourishment so we can bear fruit. Now before we leave, what is this fruit we are to bear? In Galatians 5, chapter 22 to 23, St. Paul gives us a partial list which he calls the fruit of the Spirit. These fruit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we might be tempted to add one other fruit like generosity and acceptance, but of course these are at least implied by the first of the fruit, which is love. If you would be a better spouse 
or a better parent or a better employee or a better citizen, then keep spiritual nourishment flowing into your life from your connection with Christ. Time spent in His presence. Time spent in His presence is guaranteed to make you more loving, more joyful, more peaceful, more patient, and so on. All of this and more is what Christ was saying to us in the example of the vine. He is the vine. We are the branches. Without Him, we can bear bear no fruit. It is important that we maintain our relationship with Him so that when we have fallen, He can clean us and lift us up again. Amen. Amen. Okay, I want to just kind of talk in my own words a little bit about this this sermon. I mean, really kind of bring this together a little bit because... This is a different way of saying, um, yep. last year I did a sermon that, <clears throat> I did a sermon that stated that um, no one gets to God except through Christ. And let me tell you something, this is the same sermon, this is the same scripture, this is the same, it's, not, it's not written the same way, it's from a different gospel writer. Okay, but it's saying the same thing, if you hear it. They're saying the same thing. You, you, you only bear fruit as if you're connected to Christ. Now, us as Christians, that's wonderful news. You know, we can stay connected to Christ. So what I'm, what I'm trying to get to here is, us as Christians, it's great news. Because we are, you know, able to use our faith and, 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 and be the vine and be lifted up and be cleansed and continue to grow in Christ. But what does this say about our fellow human beings on this planet, like the Muslims and the Hindus and the Jews. Well, we are all part of the same vine. Yeah. I think that's one thing that, that, you know, in this one especially, it doesn't say, no one gets there except through, because he was rough on that last one last year, wasn't it? Oh, wow. This one, it says, you know, look, I'm the vine, and you need to be connected to me. Now, look, all paths lead to God. It doesn't give a specific way to be connected. Correct. Correct. It doesn't, and he doesn't exclude no. people from being connected to him. He does say that you need to believe in him. Well, okay. Or at least be living like him. Be like Christ. Right. Okay. Being like Christ? Being like Christ is, is, is what anybody can do, no matter what religion or non-religion or whatever you are. That's how you live a good life. We know the difference between, we know the difference between right and wrong. We know that. We talked about this before. That's why God gave us guilt. Seriously, think about it. You feel guilty because why? Because you did something wrong. That's the way of knowing. If you don't know, that's the way you know. You don't have to be a Christian to have morality. And what I'm saying to you is there are many different roads that lead to many diverse, different mansions in God's kingdom. We are not God. We and can't best, say. I guess one of the best analogies, or one of the parts that I liked about it the most, is that even for the vines that grow along the ground, God picks us up. And Absolutely. That's the point. Absolutely. Because we are too valuable. I mean, look, he put a lot of work into making us, mm-hmm. you know? And he put up with a lot of BS trying to, trying to keep us around, you know, and not, you know, destroy us. <laughs> But look, the point I'm trying to make is I didn't want you to, I didn't want you to understand, I mean, I, this, if I just read that to you now and didn't explain myself on this, I think you would think I was a hypocrite from last year, because last year I was so very, very 
intent on making you understand that, look, God, God is it's all inclusive. I mean, He created us for God's sake. He created. Why would He? Why would He exclude His own people, His own offspring, His own creation? I mean, He has given us the ability to have multiple religions. He He wants us to make choices. He gave us He gave us free will, but if we just follow the way, I don't believe in the fact that if you don't say Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, that you're going to hell. I don't believe that, and I don't believe God is that petty. What I do believe is he cares about how you live your life. Look at the religions out there. Look at the major religions that we're talking about. The stories, the parables, the ideas, the lessons, they all basically say the same thing over and over in each one. They're teaching the same story in a different way. Just like the Gospels teach and tell you the same story that happened with Jesus Christ in the life of Jesus Christ, but from a different point of view. It's the same thing. Just a different point of view. God loves all of his creation and wants all of his creation to be part of his vine. Amen. It doesn't have to be a Christian vine, even though it should be, because we believe in Christ and we're thankful for Christ's sacrifices for us. But God's not that petty. God is loving, all loving. God is forgiving. And as long as you live that life, you live that righteous life, how could anybody say that God would damn you to hell for not saying a few words? That just doesn't make any sense. If it doesn't make any sense, it's probably not true. Amen. Amen. Uh, announcements. Announcements. If necessary. Um, I guess for right now it's just our normal stuff. Yeah. We have a podcast. Hey guys, you know I got some great news too. You know, not a lot of you don't even know this. We have a podcast. I'm so excited about my podcast. I love it. I just think it's so cool. I just think I do. I think it's cool. Um We got picked up by another um our, our fourth uh podcast. Uh really? yeah, we got picked up by our fourth. Um rate Yeah, I know, I forgot to tell you. <laughs> Um, of course, we're already with um, um, iTunes and with um, Anchor. Anchor and with um, Pocket Cast, but we just picked up by um, Radio Public. Oh, cool! Oh, awesome. Which is a large, uh, basically kind of like a you know a channel thirteen of of radio of, of internet radio. They've been around a little bit longer. And they chose us, so um, I'm very, very, very um, honored and happy that we're with them as well. So you can also catch us on Radio Public well, every week. Yeah, there's more out there, so hopefully, you know, some more people will pick us up. Hopefully, you know, other people will see that we're doing something right here and doing something, you know, worth worth hearing. So, yeah, let me tell you something. Anchor, Anchor has been wonderful. They're the ones who we create our our podcast through. There, it's so simple. Oh my gosh, it's amazing! It's amazing, Absolutely. and it sounds so professional. And and you know, they, it's just an amazing job. I mean, really, it's just really cool. Like they handle the public, the publishing. Well, we thought we thought it was going to be so hard to set this up because iTunes is pretty strict about what they what they do for their their podcast, yeah. right? Like you have most of the time, you would have to pay for service, and that would depend on how much storage and right. all this other stuff. Anchor doesn't They're complain; just, they just say, "Hey, put it out there. We'll put it on for you. We'll get it out there if it's any good. Yeah, good luck to you." Yeah. So anyway, I don't know how they're making their money, but they're doing something right because I mean, they, they they have really helped us to yeah. advance our cause. I hope uh, and get out there and be heard by more people because we're actually you know we're not getting a whole bunch of response. We get but we're up to you know uh, you know twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen uh, listens per uh, episode. And at least two of 
maybe max two or three are you. Right, and that's great. That's fantastic. I mean, that means somebody else is hearing what we're saying, which is the, we don't want to keep it within these walls here. That's the whole idea. That's why y'all got to get out there and do what this radio station is doing also. Y'all got to get out there face-to-face and get some people in these seats because that's what your duty is as a Christian, to spread that word and to continue to grow that vine. And bring someone to church. That's exactly what I'm saying. Bring somebody to church. Is there a link with the, to the podcast? Like- you can go on our website. On our website, on the main page of our website, DallasULC.com, uh, about halfway down, it says, uh, check out our, our podcast. And it's got right there. You can listen to it. You can go to the links. Everything's right there. And you don't have to download anything? No. To this, you can listen to it right there on the, on the internet. Okay, cool. Live on the internet. Okay? Pray at DallasULC.com. If you have any prayer requests. Um, Public. Private. Whatever. If you want to be, you know, include your name included, that's fine. If not, we can also keep it anonymous. Uh, also, we do still have, just to let you know, we do still have um, services available for dedication. We ask that a small fee, uh, not small fee, a small donation be offered uh, to help cover the cost of, you know, the, the actual service and whatnot. Um, so that is still available. You just let us know through pray at DallasULC.com or info at DallasULC.com. I just, I just had the idea. We might as well make a feedback at DallasULC.com for those podcast listeners out there in the world uh, if they've got any feedback on our services if they want to hear anything specific if they have any requests well, of course of course you can always reach us at info at dallasulc.com and that, that's that's pretty standard um, okay um, feedback at dallasulc.com so anybody I'm not just our podcast or people listening on podcasts anybody you here in the in the church um, anybody on YouTube or anywhere else and Facebook and things like that anywhere else you're seeing us feedback at DallasULC.com. That's going to be the actual place where, you know, you got something to say to us. You, you want something from us. You need to hear from us. You need to hear something. You know, you want something, you give us an idea. Your feedback is important. We want to hear from you. We do. We do. Because you know what? We're here for you. This isn't about us. This is about our, all of these people that are in our church and all those people that are out there listening. That's who it's about. So feedback. Feedback at DallasULC.com. Okay. okay? That's just for, you know, Hey, I, I got an idea, or hey, I love you guys, or hey, y'all shut up, you're ruining my, you know, sleep, or something, I don't know, you know. Okay, moving along, though, okay. I'm so excited about the podcast, I just can't, I can't tell you. <laughs> it is really cool. It is really cool. It's called Your Path with Bishop Mark. Your Path with Bishop Mark. If there's any questions, that's, that's how you find it. Your Path with Bishop Mark. And there's posters here around the church as well. Okay. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. You're listening to Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. All right. What did you like? What did you not like? What do you want to keep? What do you want to get rid of? Talk to me today, guys. I'm going to like just let you all go with this because I want to know your ideas on this. I'm just going to let you go with it. Tell me what you think. I gotta say, I'll be the first to go because I gotta say, out of all the ways to put it and out of all the analogies, I especially like the, the that he is the vine the, and the fruit of the vine and just the whole the whole thing, just for the simple fact that it shows A, that we're all interconnected and B, that He's not going to abandon us. He's not going to leave us behind. Even for the vines that grow alongside the ground, he will lift us up and clean us off so that we may bear fruit again so that, and that we may no longer be sick. Okay. So, um, but 
And it also shows that, as it, as it was said earlier, that you can't do this alone. This, this is this is a how can I put it? A family, a group. You get what I'm trying to say. I get it. So, it's it's all about family, all about loving one another, caring about you know your fellow man, and you know. Kind of like you said in one of your past sermons, don't steal and don't do this and don't do that. It's like, it's just be there for one another. Just love one another. It's that simple. If you do that, then all the rest falls into place. Yes. If you love your fellow man, if you do for others, if you are a man, a man and, and woman. Can I point this out? He's he he taking notes. Oh, no, he took notes for the entire sermon. I, I was impressed. Yeah. Nice job. If you if you, <laughs> if you continue to live your life as a man, a man or woman for others, men and women for others, if you continue to do that every day of your life, throughout everything that you do, you live your life for others, not for yourself. You do something for others, not for yourself. You're not selfish, but completely unselfish. Everything else falls into place, and that's why I think it's so important that, that I that I you know, it is on our logo. It's it's put there on our logo in Latin. At qui ali? At qui? At qui? At qui ali? At qui ali? Men and women for others. I don't speak Latin naturally. Well, most people don't. It's a dead language. It's a dead language. So. Okay. I told you I'm going to talk on the show today. Come on with it. I, I just I wanted to make the comment. I probably got a good three fourths of the sermon. Just because me doing the technical stuff, okay. So the technical stuff tries to, to, to interject, and then I forget the technical stuff. Everything <laughs> Unfortunately, Everything I'm gonna have to start reading your sermons beforehand so I can. You can always read them afterwards. <laughs> catch up. Well, while though, well, there's yeah, some little, technical stuff. I know you've got, you got a lot going on over there. You're running the, the teleprompter, and you're running the um, uh, the uh, PowerPoint presentation, and you're running the sound. You've got a lot of your plate, and I can't. I can't blame you for missing all trains. a little bit of it. But I think you, for the most part, you're, you're right enough and quick enough to catch most of it. So, so talk to me. I mean, it. it I like that you took the time afterwards mm-hmm. to elaborate on what the church, our church, believes in, what what our foundational beliefs are. Because while the sermon was great, it it, it, it kind of left. Me, yeah, I did leave that it, out. It, it left that great open information out of it a little bit. I'm, I'm going to be very honest with you about this. Um, you know, <clears throat> today I was occasionally, I mean, all the time, I go back and I, I watch some of the old sermons and the old services that we've done. Okay? I learned from that and it helps me to grow hopefully as a pastor and as a leader and, and helps you to improve. Right. Well, I watched last year's since this is what, the fourth or fifth Sunday of Easter. It's, it's right here. It says it on the... Yeah, it's, it's a... Uh, you can't be lying on here. It's the uh, the fifth Sunday of Easter. So what I did was like, you know, look, I just, you know, let me look at this. So I went and looked back. And I remember for some reason, the fifth Sunday of Easter was kind of resonating with me. So I went back into the archives on YouTube and I watched the fifth Sunday of Easter. And it was the one about um, uh, no one gets to the Father except through me. Which Jesus Christ said that. And we talked about, actually we talked about that being a, a Carrot and a stick. It's not only given a lot of hope to a lot of people, but it's also been used to condemn and to keep people from and to you know basically crusading against people. You know, it's been it was it was it's 
interpreted in a way that Jesus would never have intended it to be. And that's when we get into the talk about, you know, the diversity of our world and the fact that all paths lead to God. He created each and every one of you. Um, why in the world would he, because you don't say a few words, a few words, or say if you just say a few words, you say them a little differently, why would he condemn you to hell? My God doesn't do that. Listen, I think if Jesus were here today, he, he is here today, first well, of all. Well, I'm, <laughs> hold on. Before you, you shoot he me is down. Though. I know, I know. Before you shoot me down, <laughs> as with saying, if Jesus were here today and he could talk to us, he'd probably say, I didn't die on the cross just so you could turn around and actually keep people from coming. Right. That's not our place. You know, and that's what I said, I also said this last year, you know, Christianity is non-discriminatory. We're not doing judgmental. Christians are non-judgmental. We don't judge. Although many Christians, well, that's all they do. Jews too. They uh, exclude. They judge. They label. Label. They keep people from they, God's word because they, they don't feel that they belong there. You know what? That's none of your business. They decide to prune right. the vines. Go ahead. I mean, that kind of reminds me, uh, taking me back to the analogy of, the, of that story you were giving with the uh, guy who wanted the light bulb. Yeah. He saw light inside of the, the hut, <laughs> but he did not ask, what is it what, well, is how the, what, what is the mechanism that gives right. this this uh, light bulb its light? Mm -hmm. He assumed that okay, if I go by the motions and I get the light bulb put in the middle of my hut, I get light. And he had to go through all these uh, different strings and mm -hmm. elongated items until he finally came to realize if it's not from the energy source, if it's not from the copper wire that's connected to that light, I can't get that light. Right. Even if I have the illusion that the light bulb itself. Well, it's also on the other guy for not. Elaborating, do you do you know how this works? Do you have no, Christians? We, we throw the Christian, we throw Christianity to people all the time. And say, you know, this is done. Christ said this, that, and the other, da 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 da, and don't. And we walk away, and they're going, well, okay. Asking each other to see if you wanted to, if you wanted to like, you could have elaborated or. or asked. He didn't know. He, he didn't know. He had absolutely no idea. No knowledge. He had no knowledge. He, he had. It's like it's like you you know talking about walking on the moon. Right. You don't know what it's like. You've never been there. You've never done it. Right. So you can't really. Understand that you've got to kind of bunny hop on the moon because it's it's only the gravity is much lower and you can't just walk like you normally would. You need to get to learn to do research. You wouldn't know that until you actually experienced that. So that's the point. There is he had no clue why he just saw that it worked. He hit the, he saw the guy go up and hit the button and the light came on. So he saw the light. Well, that's the visible part that he could see. And I saw this what he thought was a stream. That's what he saw. Well, you know, us as Christians, it's, it's the whole point here. You can't just go to somebody and say, okay, Jesus Christ said, do this, this, and this, and this, and, and, and go to heaven, and start telling them a parable that Jesus Christ told them, and expect them just to jump on the bandwagon and know what you're talking about. They're not going to do it. They're not going to get it. You have to see the light first. Yeah, well, the light is there. We are the light. But he both, is the light. But both sides have to be... Well, how does it work? The, that's the big question. The teacher has to teach properly, right. and the questioner has to ask the questions properly. How does it work? That's the question. If how you, does it work? You have to use your brain. Hey, so... <laughs> How does it work? Right question. How do we work it? How does it work? How does Christianity work? How do we work as Christians? Oh, come on. By being there for one another. I mean, if, the light is, if the light is the overall Christian okay. globe, okay. I think it works like the relays. One Christian to another Christian, or one person of the same uh, conductivity. Keep going. And that relay goes to the one relay. But if the light isn't on, if there's something in the center, there's something 
one of the relays isn't isn't doing you know, the right thing. Right, exactly. It but happens. Oh, that can always the whole section. Right, and, but as, uh, as far as the church being a lighthouse, I think if, if the lighthouse is bright and the brightest lighthouse, all the relays are in perfect synchronicity, and they all. I, very, very, very good analogy. And, and the reason I'm going to say that is because I thought you were a little too far with you at first. Okay? Yeah, yeah. But listen, <laughs> here's the important part of that. I want you to think about something. When I say that, Christians, right? And, and I say it, I try and be a little white, but it's not white. Because what does Christianity, what does Christian mean? What does Christian mean? To accept our Lord. No. What is the actual definition of it? It Christ means Christ-like. Christ -like. You are living like Christ. You are a Christian. You are Christ-like. You can't be we perfectly like Christ because we can't be. But we can be Christ's life. So, so these people they claim to be Christians, right. yet they you know, exclude people from the church. They tell people they can't have communion. They tell people they can't experience the word of God. They tell them that they're can't, sinners. Can't, they can't, 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 you can't. God didn't say can't. Jesus Christ didn't say can't. He said, he said, he said something. You know, I, I said it twice today, which I've never done before. I've never deviated from this part of the script. He said, take this. All of you. All, all of you. And eat it. Why did I do that? Because I'm trying to make a point that the same thing I'm saying. That church, those people, those Christians, mm -hmm. have no right to tell me that I cannot receive communion for any reason. Because it's not their gift. It's Jesus Christ's gift to me. Mm -hmm. All they're doing is is administering the they're, gift they're, for him. They're the messenger. That's not their place to change the rules. No. Okay. But what I was going to say is Christianity, religion, has gotten a bad name. Okay. It's going to happen. Everything. But understand mm -hmm. this. You were talking about those relays. Mm -hmm. So, 90% of the church was pretty good at Brian. So, 90% of these people were good, you know, they're Christ-like, they were Christians, they were really trying to live their faith and live like Christ wanted them to. But you had those at ten percent, those ten percent relays who were in there that were bad. They were corrupt. They were morally inept. They wanted. They wanted. They want all, all about them. They didn't care about the good of the church or the good of the people, the good of their brothers and sisters. It was all about doing for me, not for others, right? And what did that do to the light of Christianity? It turned it off. Because when that relay doesn't work for the rest of the system, the electricity part is gone. Shorts the whole thing. One relay. Wow. Is that one relay will cut off the But how, okay, but how, you as a Christian, mind your own business, right? How do you stop that? The emergency bypassing. You how to, do you do that? You have to you reach out to your hand. You'd be a lot better, you'd be the one that goes, okay, he's got to get right. messed up, I'm going to go over here, I'm going to fix this. Yeah. Well, you, you go and you say, I can do, look, let me show you the real thing. Right. Right? Yes, Tim. I was just going to say, I'm happy that the, the, I'm glad that the missionary was there to act as a shepherd for the village villager because if the villager had never known the mm -hmm. keys of getting the light, that's, that's a sad thing. I mean, to, to, he wanted, he saw that, he thought that would be good, and I, I want that, I would like that, and to take it, and then to not have the light that he saw in the missionaries. Well, he's he's missionary, not, he he never know. I mean, I'm glad to say that. I'm just never glad. Because the missionary acted as a shepherd in that sense. Well, he did. But if the missionary had never been there to begin with, he never saw the light bulbs we had at all. Well, the missionary <laughs> might not have gone to the head. He might not have given him that. That's what you're saying. I understand what you're saying about that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. And the missionary took the time at that point to go, wait a minute. I screwed up. I kind of dropped the ball here. I just kind of threw this at him thinking, I assumed. I assumed that he just wanted to trink it. But that opened up a whole... These Christians have... 
a lot that people don't realize. I mean, Christianity is being Christ-like, and being Christ-like is a lot of things, and they're all amazing, beautiful. I mean, can we tell you something? We're human. We mess up. We sin. Okay? But to know that we have Christ on our side to help us repent, and that we can go to, and He can forgive us, no, and we it. can be whole again, to know that there's a man who will lay down his life for all of us. His life. He was a God. He is a God. He was in heaven going to the good life. He came down here and lived in our muck and died for us, was humiliated, was beaten, went to hell for three days for us just so we could live. He chose to do that. He chose that. He didn't have to. <laughs> He could have said, screw this. <laughs> you don't want to do what to me with thorns and what and a sword where? I'm going to go back to Gail's what? I'm going to go partying again upstairs. <laughs> I'm going back with the good wine. Yeah. Y'all <laughs> no, <you're> crazy. That's an ambit. But you know what he did? He laid down on that cross. He laid down on that cross. That's amazing to me. Most parents you wouldn't know, even do that. We, no. Kids. We... Again, this is what we're numb to. We know we've heard it so many times and we say it so nonchalantly. We become numb to the fact that this man laid down on a piece of two trees put together and had huge stakes drilled into his wrists and into his feet. Yeah, we can pull up our poster again. He was beaten. Almost beyond recognition. He had a sword pierce his side to kill him to make sure he was dead. He was already gone. Thank God. Yeah. That would have. When we say he suffered for us, you need to know what that means. And I think we, we went through that in Good Friday this year. We did, but don't forget it throughout the year. Remember that image of Christ's dead body on the cross, beaten, unrecognizable, filthy, covered in blood and dirt, and sour wine, and spit from the people. Don't forget that image. Because when you do, you forget what he did for you. Could you imagine yourself doing it? Imagine yourself doing it. Choosing choosing to do it, because he made the choice over and over again. To imagine do it. yourself doing it. Imagine yourself doing it. Feeling it. Imagine hearing the tendons and the bones crack in your wrists as they nailed nailed metal chunks of steel into it that, you know, they're not sharp. Guarantee you they weren't. <laughs> Imagine the tops of your feet breaking with the metal and then the bottoms of your soles of your feet basically ripping off because it just pushes through. And then the other one. And he chose. And they, they laughed at him. I got you, Tim. I got you. <laughs> and they gave him sour wine to drink and they mocked him and they still took his clothes and acted like, you know, just another criminal. Oh, the, the, the Messiah. That was all a joke. He was just lying. Or... Jesus, the king of the Jews. How funny. And you know what those people who did that? They, they, they're all... They've been forgiven. Could you imagine a father today doing that with his son? If his son, first of all, a father giving up his son that way. And that would be... Unfathomable. You know, it wouldn't happen because there are laws, obviously, but... <laughs> 
Imagine after it happened. They killed his son. They, they destroyed him. They killed him. They, they tortured him in that way. Imagine, what would that father do? Would that father be able to hold his arms open to those murderers and oh, say, I love you. I forgive you. Please I mean, come be part of our family. If he, had, if he had the ability to destroy the earth like our God does, he wouldn't destroy the earth. Let me say something. God is, this is the proof right there, God is love. That's I mean, the, 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 that's the, if you want to know what God is, the, the major definition of God, the one thing, one word to describe God, love. Period. That's it. Love. All together, He loves us. There is no word hate with God because God gets yeah, nothing to do with God. He just hates out there because without without what, without hate, you can't have that love. You can't have love. You got to have equal balance in this universe. That's the way our laws work. That's the way the science works. That God created it, right? This is not God. Something else. This is God. You lie somewhere in here. We're trying every day to move closer and be more like our God. To be up here. That's the way you achieve the amazing serenity. Everything. You just, that love. Can you imagine? I mean, I can't. It's hard to you, you can you can kind of sort of grasp that all forgiving that all loving that all just completely unconditional just I love you no matter what you do I love you I'm gonna punish you if you screw up although not fairly because I you know, I'm gonna tell you something I should destroy all of you a long time ago <laughs> but I love you no matter what I just think if there's this if there seems to be any ambivalence at all about you know what he went through and everything I, I totally agree that we need to give it we need to understand what that is and and. and all that that he said, but I think it's a byproduct of the time. Unfortunately, that I mean, we hear we hear horrible stories about what's happened. What's happened. This would have been a horrible, and horrible story that you heard in the news. I agree, absolutely. absolutely agree. You know, and so we I mean, we've heard about horrible things done to people and everything like that. And so when you hear about the physical things, like the nails and so like that, the actual physical part, I'm not saying that we shouldn't. Oh my God! But we become. I mean, we hear. We've heard about. People having all kinds all right. of things. Happen. We have, but okay, but we're getting into today's standards, Tim. Bring it into today's standards into a torturous. I mean, because yeah, we. We're not trying to bend myself. No, no, I know you're not. But I know you're not. We're just trying to bring it into today. I and mean, make it something. You know, it's one of the things that I know that, that, that is a torture of today, and it's absolutely. It's, it's disgusting to me. They take and they cut people's eyelids off. Are you serious? So that yeah. they can't sleep. They can't. Close their eyes and hide. They, I, they have to see what's going on. They have to see it. Now that, that's that's disgusting. <laughs> and then they'll leave the lights on. That's the kind of thing. Yeah, believe whatever they have. Music children. Okay. They can watch videos let's, or something. This is what I'm trying to say. That's the kind of that's the kind of of thing that I'm talking about. If you brought that crucifixion today, that'd yeah. be something they would do. It'd be much more demented. Yeah, it would be because our society is much more. What? It's more evil feels. It's more evil feels. It's got the devil here. The devil is here. Some There's a lot more information available about that. Was, what's, that what's happening? Some people would say creative in their... Take all of those, those horrible movies you watch, all those horror flicks and all those, that gory blah blah junk <laughs> that I hate. Do yeah. one and make it that. Make it the, the, all of that combined. And then he did it for us. And he chose... He did that... Of, of free will. He knew what he was going into. He knew when he walked out of that garden what was going to happen. That's why he prayed. He was praying to God saying, God, he was scared. 
He was scared. He said, yeah. God, please. Don't, don't. Please take this, this burden off of me. Please don't make me do this. But, if it's your will, thy will be done. If it's your will, and I will do it. I mean, you're my father. I will, I will obey you. But please, I don't want to do this. You can always ask. I don't want to do this. You can always ask. I don't want to. I think it's good that we're re-examining it because, like, you know, if you've gone to church all your life, like I have, and you've heard the story. We've re-examined it. We've read it all through Lent, all through Holy Week. Absolutely. I'm glad that we're looking at it again. But putting it in the words like you did in in the in like taking those horror movies. That's that's a that that is a very different imagery. Well, I, let me tell you something. I think if I when I when I think of when I think of, of, of those nails, those dull nails being thrust into the bone and the cartilage of the body, that's pretty pretty rough for me to think about. I mean, that's that's enough of a horror film. Yeah, I don't need to see it anymore. But the torture, sure. You know, they 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 they, they make fun of him. You know, I mean, my God, this is the son of God. <laughs> I think I think the imagery it could be more uh, detailed and more elaborate, and the, the, the I guess the, the, the quality tr- can be more advanced, or the high definition can be more uh, defined. But still, but divine, divine is still defined, and to define him as just just a repetition is to look at it as it's it's happened, and he is risen. So why not to acknowledge his his risen and You're right. The is a risen Christ. However, to remember his anointedness and his resurrection. But we have to remember what he did for us too. Right. We have to remember the sacrifice he made. We no, have to remember. We have to remember. Listen, we have to remember that yes, his rising is what saved us. He, he fought for our souls down in hell. But that was that okay. top bit of but the, the spectrum. He would never have gotten there without making those decisions to do what he did. And we need to remember that we do that to him every single day. Every time we, we yell, crucify him when we turn our back on him. We yell. Crucify him, king of the Jews, when we lie, steal, cheat, betray. When we turn our back on God, we do that crucifixion all over again. So that's why it's important to remember how horrific it is. So maybe the next time you go reach for that pack of bubblegum at Walmart that you want so bad you ain't got no money in your pocket, you don't grab it. Mm-hmm. You realize, wait, wait, that's not, that, I know that's not right. I know that it's being right and wrong. I know that's not right. But then after the act, if we remember and we have the repentance. repentance. Okay, so you have to have both images you, in your head. Listen to me. Happy is repentance right. is repentance. It, it really, it's, it's from the heart. And only you know if you, can tru- if you are truly repenting. Because people mm-hmm. lie all the time about it. They can say whatever they want to say. Otherwise, they say, I'm repenting. Confession and confidence with the second I'll person. tell you, it's about really truly being sorry Mm-hmm. For what you've done and learning from that mistake. If you keep going to, to the store every day in Walmart, grab a, a pack of bubblegum, put it in your pocket, and go home and say, I repent, oh, I'm so sorry I did it. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I'm, 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 I'm. And do it the next day, the next day, the next day. That's not it. Actions speak louder than words. What's it? What did you say? Right here. Sorry. Non digliamus verbo nec lingua sed inopere et virtate. Non digliamus Exactly. Exactly. It's Latin. Which basically, in a, in a nutshell, says actions speak louder than words. It's so true. Your words are nothing without something to back them up. I can say whatever I want to say to you. I can say I'm the President of the United States. <laughs> if I can't back it up, then what the hell do those words mean? Absolutely nothing. They're a waste of hot air. And you really shouldn't say you that now. You're right. <laughs> you can say you're the next Archpope. I could say I'm the Pope, yeah, you're right, but I'm not. 
Okay. So, what else you got for me? What else are you going with? How, how are we feeling about this? Where are we moving with this? Um, how are you feeling about the fact that it's multiple, all of these you know, religions out there? I mean, that's, that goes right back to the, the vine imagery. The vine, there, there's all these great vines that go out everywhere. Look at the religions. Seriously, look at them. It all stems from one. They're all basically the same stories. Oh, what did I say before? I said, look, I don't care if the Bible happened or not. I don't. I don't. The only thing I care about is that Jesus Christ rose from, rose from, rose from the dead. Died and rose. That, that's that part I need. Yeah. I do need that. The rest of it, it's stories. Right. If it happened, fantastic. If it didn't, fantastic. That in no way affects what those stories were meant to do. And those stories are meant to teach us a lesson about living life, about how to live life, right? So whether it happened or not, whether it's true or not, doesn't matter. The whole point is learn the lesson. Love me, love I think, I think that rhetoric kind of redirects people from that lesson with the many religions and spiritual practices because they're all the, essentially the same thing. Right. It's like electricity. You have you can use water generators. You right. can use a solar panel. All the same thing. Yeah, and it's like, oh, we're the solarists and we believe in the sun. <laughs> many you know, like, different, diverse roads to many, many different mansions in God's, God's kingdom. Exactly. Hmm? None of it looks the same. God gave us all individual roads and paths to take our own lives, right? So why would we think that we would even think any differently if the religions take different paths as well? The religious part of it is below me anyway. Let me tell you something. It is. The religion part is below me. We use it because we need structure. We need rules. We need to be able to follow things and do things, okay? He doesn't care about that. How do you live your life? That's what he cares about. Yeah, not what you, who sings the loudest on Sunday. <laughs> that rubs people the wrong way. Like, that's their, that's it their, is. That's, that's their, what they hold on to. Yeah. They hold on to that religion instead of holding on to God. Yeah, exactly. That's the mistake. The structure of it. It's, you're missing it. It's you're grabbing for that golden ring and you're grabbing the wrong thing. You're grabbing that religion, that stuff that's here on earth. When you're the control. You're just feeling the embrace of God. It's already here, already wrapped around you. Think about that. Mm. There's that Holy Spirit again. Yeah, I felt it. <laughs> there he is. I saw it. I felt that. Mm -hmm. I, I envisioned that wrapped around me. Just, just not just arm. It was like arm, like, like a bioluminescent. Just like this, this, almost like a whirlwind, just wrapped around me, just like a blanket. And I just felt that. Mmm. Mmm. I'm gonna sleep tonight. <laughs> My, my 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 dad's wife, mother, uh, father, was very 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 you know, um, evangelical Christian. You know, very you know, kind of out there, you know, out there. Kind of, you know, quite I felt the ghost. He felt the spirit. He was he was Spanish. He was he was from I think from I believe he was from Puerto Rico. And he had a heavy thick accent. And he said, "Oh, oh, my feet." I can keep, I can make you want to dance. <laughs> want to dance. He start dancing. And I feel the Holy Spirit. You know, and he, and that's when he felt it. It was that overwhelming to him. He didn't know what to do. You know, he just, his body was going, oh my God, what is this thing going on here? You know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Ricky Ricardo kind of thing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You know? Uh, and we would laugh at him. But you know, he, that was yeah. real to him. I mean, that was, he was, whoo, <laughs> you know? It happens if you let yourself feel it. If if you remember, we don't stay what the same same all the time. 
We also have emotions that we need to learn to feel. And we have emotions that we need to learn to stop and process. Pushing down and holding away and keeping and using means, ways and means of numbing ourselves out all the time. Becoming emotionally mature. All, all the time being in that key phrase. Everything in moderation, I'll say it again. <laughs> Everything in moderation. I believe that there is a time and a place for certain things, that God gave us gifts, God gave us remedies, God gave us concoctions, gave us mm. the intelligence to be able to use And them. the mind to go, okay, this is what it's for. This is what I can use it for. This is what I can handle. And if I do decide, that if, I think, if I think I can handle it, I take what I'm supposed to take and I do it, and I can't handle it, I need to be able to go, oh, oh, oh. But it's not. Not this one for me. Yeah. It's not for me. It's kind of a little allergy to this one. It's kind of like people that like want people that, that eat spinach and have or, or, or eat spinach and have an allergic to spinach and they their whole body breaks out and everything. You know. Yes. Well, it's the same kind of thing. If you do something that your body or brain or your emotions don't really agree with, and you kind of get a little loopy, or you maybe you shouldn't be doing it. That's your body going rash, just on the inside. Okay. Or, or maybe do a little bit less or, or whatever. <laughs> numb ourselves out all the time. If we refuse to deal with our emotions all the time, then we become emotionally immature versus mature. We become emotionally inept. We become emotionally zero. Emotionally stunted. Eventually. Nothing. It's like a battery. And what happens the day that those clouds do lift you and the fog rises and you're standing there? You want to know how to deal with the sunlight. Sunlight. Mm -hmm. Sunlight. And you're going, and there's a mirror there. <laughs> and you see that. And you're, who the hell are you? Where am I? Who the hell are you? What is my name? <laughs> what, what, what's, what's going on? And then the emotions and all then, hit you. Then all the emotions hit you and you just turn into a blubbering mess. Because you don't know how to deal with those emotions. Because you decided to numb them instead of facing them. And you because don't even know God, these emotions, we, we grow in time with our bodies, right? Mm -hmm. We're children, we have emotions, but they, and they're we are more children, they're pretty strong. You know, we think they're mm -hmm. pretty, a big deal. But as we grow, we, the emotions kind of get broader, you know. Being things like love, feeling true love gets stronger. Oh, you know, it's more deep and more right, it gets deeper. We understand things a little more. Our, our knowledge of our emotional capabilities grows, mm -hmm. right? And if we don't hone those, if we, are, if we take, if we you know, stop at a certain point and say, we, you know, this point, boom, I'm not feeling any more emotions. She broke up with me. I don't want to <laughs> feel it. Screw it. I'm going to drink myself to oblivion for the rest of my life. If you do that. And then 20 years down the road, you decide to come sober. What do you think you're going to start? Right back, back there. there. Right back there. Yeah. Those stuck. emotional breaks, those uh, traumatic events. Absolutely. Those traumatic <laughs> events can, can <laughs> stop stop you. I mean, look. Stop your emotions. They absolutely <laughs> will. And, and I mean, look, my, my parents had a very, very messy divorce when I was 15 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it started when I was 15, and then I was like 17. But at the time, I also was trying to deal with, with high school, college prep, Jesuit. Okay, it was hard enough on its own. Yeah. Being, they shuffled me around from you know my house to my grandparents' house to hear the hair and you know what coming out as being gay. <laughs> that's a big at the same time. Yeah. At the same time. So for a long time, I was stuck at fifteen. Mm -hmm. Throwing some acne in there and getting. I'm serious though, and it, it took me a long time to go. And even today, I, I, I long for a few things that. But I know, I mean, my mind works a little better, thank God. <laughs> but I'm stuck there at times. I, I, I was stuck there for years. I, I wanted somebody to take care of me. I didn't want to work. <laughs> I wanted to have fun. 
I wanted to, you know, so here I am, you know, a 25-year-old man with a 15-year-old mentality. Mm -hmm. Most people call that mental retardation. <laughs> Seriously. Emotional you know? retardation. Don't, don't, don't say emotional retardation. Well, well yeah, sure. Because I didn't, I, I didn't know how to feel like a 25-year-old man. And a 25-year-old's not quite smart You're right. Enough. Well, that's why, you know, say, today males, they do. They mature a lot slower than females for some reason. But, but you're also not smart enough yet to be able to no. say, oh, financially, no. I gotta, you know, not go crazy like a 15-year-old And that's why I made a lot of stupid decisions. Because But, you know, you could weigh both options. You were, you could comprehend the difference. No. Yeah, you know, no, I mean, I could, but no, I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't. You had the money to cause trouble, but you didn't have the knowledge to be able to stop yourself from causing the trouble. Right. right. I mean, I, I look at fifteen. You're at home with your family. Your your parents still still in charge. You know, they're making the yeah. You're starting to grow up, but let me tell you something. They're still in charge. They're still running the show, and I needed that guidance in my life, mm -hmm. and I didn't have it because you know my parents married. My mother was was had just turned just turned twenty. Let me think about that. Mm -hmm. 20 years old is young. My dad had just turned 21. Well, it was just about to turn 22. Okay, so, yeah, that's, I, I mean, I was with my partner at that time of my life. But it was, it was tumultuous. I mean, it was rough, too. I mean, because, you know, I was still, not only was I still that young, but I was still also still stuck at 15 with, with him. And he put up a lot with me. And I mean, he, he was also a little bit older. He was older than I was. And so that was, that was a bit of a... That kind of helped. I think that was that... You know, they, was, they talk about people wanted that father figure, that guidance, or whatever. And he wasn't really a father figure. I wouldn't call him that, but he was uh, kind of a, 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 a guy, a guy, a guy, guy. somebody to to tell me whether it was okay or not. You know, and, and it's stupid. I feel stupid that I needed that at twenty. You know, nineteen, twenty-one, twenty-two, thirty, thirty, thirty-five. <laughs> but I did, and still today I do. It's a little different <laughs> now because. I know this is not a counseling session for Mark. I know that's talking about me again, but that's all I know. That's all I really know. But I know now that I, the only counselor I really need is God. I mean, He has the answers. And he knows. Yeah, put those little uh, lay, those little uh, God puts people those, in our lives. Those, those, those people, things to let you know that sure. you're on the same. And those people that He's put in my life have stepped me up to that realization. Okay, they've brought me, they've brought me to where I am now to understanding and having that. Oh my God! That amazing, amazing, amazing comfort right. of knowing that I can speak to him, and he can speak back to me, and that I know he's always there. That if needed, he'll put someone there next to you to help you. I out. know I'm never alone. I used to get scared. I used to. I, used to, I, I did. I used to get scared. Like, you know, the animals, everything. I was living alone, whatever. I, I, thunderstorms would come. I, I love thunderstorms, but being alone yeah. it scared me. When I would be end up driving somewhere, I take a wrong turn. Oh, yeah. I end up in the wrong part of town. I say the wrong part of town. I end up in the part of town that was probably dangerous for me. Hmm. I say I don't see the wrong part of town. Or I mean, just not knowing where you are, where I was, and being lost. You know, it was scary to me. But now I know that even when that happens, yes, I get scared. But I don't get like I used to. <laughs> you know, <I> don't. <laughs> well, you, well, you've also you've also learned over time the tools to a, assist a bit, you with. a bit. But you know, anything can happen. Yeah. You know, I mean, if we sat and worried about that, otherwise, you know, we'd be, we'd be, we'd be mm -hmm. but, I mean, mental. Anything, anything that's going to happen is God's will at some point. Fear can stem from the unknown. To a point. Yeah. Primarily. To a point. Yeah. You know, you've got God, but there's something else out there that's contradicting God. Because how, why is that? Because, because without, you've got to have what? 
You've got you've got a total love. There's something out there that's total mm -hmm. hate. We're gonna trade like that. Anointed optimist and the So look where my hands are. When I talk about that balance of the universe, look where my hands are. Look what they're doing. Praising God. They're raising them up to the Lord right. because it's still His creation. Right. All of it. It makes sense. And no matter what. And I said earlier, if it doesn't make sense, it's probably not true. But if it makes sense, it makes sense. Yeah. And God, you know what? He makes sense. There's our new trademark. <laughs> Guys, you anything else about sense. Anything else for me today? I'm good. Okay, listen, we've got uh, the Ascension of the Lord coming up. I, I know that that's done on a, only on a Thursday, uh, the Ascension, but we are going to celebrate it on Sunday because I want to. I, I just think it's important mm -hmm. enough. I, I want to celebrate, so we will celebrate the Ascension of the Lord on one Sunday. I think it's actually Mother's Day is actually when we're doing it. Yeah, it's that so. day. Yes. The definitely. Sunday after is what? Sunday after the Ascension is what? Don't you answer it? What is it? No, we just talked about the resurrection. You saw my posters, dude. Come on. Um, Pentecost. Pentecost. And what is Pentecost? It's the flame. What is the flame? The spirit. Nice. Form to remind the, that's the apostles that he did not forget. Amen, my brother. See, I didn't even know that, Ronnie. You're the one who taught me that. That's right. That's right. I had to bring that word. I was like, and I'm saying, what is it? What is the flame, Ronnie? He goes, God. No. No. What's the flame, Ronnie? Jesus. No. Try again. Uh, the Holy Spirit! Yeah! That's it! It's gotta be one of those three! <laughs> and the blooper roll, we had Confucius in there. Had a, had a oh, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, see my poster for... That, that poster's gonna be here. I haven't me. even seen them yet. Ooh. I can't wait. They are they're stunning. They're, they're... They're... They're rivaling my, my Good Friday one. They rival my Good Friday one. Both of them do. That's in their own way. That's some lofty... I'm telling you. <laughs> okay. I love the ways. Okay. Excellent. I love to create like that. I love to to to, to do things like that. So that's one of those things. I just love to do that. That's my that's my forte is that graphic art stuff. Even though I, I do plagiarize some of the, the artist's work sometimes. That's okay. Um, if I could pay them, I would. And we do our best to attribute. Right, and I do, and I, I, I thank them. And I, I, you know, if you use them, um, I, I thank them for that. I do thank them for their work. I'm not an artist in that way. I cannot draw. I cannot paint. It's not something I could do. I do have an eye for taking something like that and making it. Putting it together with amazing things. I see. That's why we work together so well because we're kind of the opposite in that. I'm good at the repetitive muscle memory type of things that you despise doing. I won't do it. And you're good at the design stuff that I'm not all that right. great at sometimes. I love using my eye. I mean, I never thought I was any good at it. You know, you wouldn't get to look at my apartment. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of for the size per amount of furniture you have. I have no idea how you fit. A walking space or a yeah, that's the hard. Yeah, I, you know, we, and we get church in here every Sunday. Because anyone else, this would just be clutter yeah. to the max. It is clutter, but no, it, would be, it would be it would be like a hoarder, like a hoarder. You know, the best way to put it is you have a very good eye to see what goes well with each other. Yes, thank I you. I appreciate that. I do. Right. Uh, but uh, I want to let y'all know also up here behind the TV set is a new framed something something. Yes, we got this this past week. Yes, we are now officially. Uh, a congregation of the Universal Life Church. We finally got our yeah, start. We can, we can have people congregate. <laughs> no, well, we could do that anyway when we were our own church, but now we are a member of our uh, parent church. We are a we are registered member. You know, it's kind of like saying we're non-denominational. We're, we're not really, we're still going to be non-denominational because we are. I mean, it's really not a denomination because it's kind of a more universal non-denomination, but it is. We see, we that would be our denomination. So, like, like okay, the Catholics, like St. Mary's down the street, St. Mary's Catholic Church, 
is part of the Catholic Dallas Diocese, yeah. which is the Dallas area, which was Bishop Rolozo rules over, okay? And then above him is the Archbishop of the whole area of, like, you know, North Texas, right? And above that is, yeah. you know, the Cardinal, who's in, over in Rome, who's over this part of the United States. Right. And above that is the Pope. And then he represents the Catholic Church. It's a support, right. it's a greater support structure type of a thing. Okay. Right? So, in this case, they are, in that in that one, they're the Catholic Church. They, they'd be the top of the line. They're, they're, they're the so they got a pyramid thing going. Something, on. No, something like that. <laughs> so like, like There's a pyramid everywhere. <laughs> so, all right, guys. Thank you. I will see you next Sunday at three o'clock. Good. Three o'clock. And I'm upset with you. Why? Because you're supposed to have a video for me today. I have a video, but it is not done. Now. It is not done. Right. I'm upset with you. It's being edited. I'm very disappointed. And I'm trying to make PG. I'm very disappointed. Hurry up! I got paid. <laughs>